Amen. Let's get into the word. Uh, today's message is going to come from the book of Acts, um, starting with the second chapter, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 21. Again, that is the book of Acts, chapter 2, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. There are many translations of uh, the word of God. We're going to read the New International Version. Uh, let's see what it has to say for us today. Amen. Hear ye the word of the Lord. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthenians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me, please. Oh, Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Um, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, your name is great and greatly to be praised. We love you, we honor you, we bless your holy name, Father God, for we know that every good and perfect gift comes from above. 
Lord God, I am but your humble servant standing behind your sacred desk. I ask that you take out from me anything that is not like you. Let every word that I speak and thought that I think be acceptable in your sight, that people won't see me, but they'll see Jesus. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, for the time that we get to spend together today, I would like to talk a little bit about the wind catcher. The wind catcher. Um, a Norwegian company is developing this new system to generate electricity from wind power. Fast Company Magazine reports that when it becomes operational next year, it could deliver five times the annual energy of the world's largest single turbine. That's because the system is three times taller than the average turbine, exposing the blades to higher wind speeds. They will call it the wind catcher. This structure is planned to be as tall as the Eiffel Tower, and it's supposed to be as wide as some of the world's largest cruise ships. And it's built as an enormous metal grid that will contain 126 wind turbines, and it will float on a platform anchored to the ocean floor using the same technology that the gas industry employs. Um, I'm trying to imagine 126 wind turbines spinning. That's a lot of noise and a lot of wind. Uh, but the wind catcher blades will be smaller than those on a typical windmill, enabling them to turn faster. And the position of the grid, because it's out in the ocean on deep water, will allow it to catch the strongest of winds. Um, Numbers, size, and location, you put all these elements together and you will have a single structure that generates enough electricity to run almost 80,000 European homes. That is a lot of power. Uh, but the wind catcher is um, still in the drawing board stage. It's still uh, being designed. Uh, so its performance is uncertain. And so people will ask questions uh, like what happens uh, if a big storm or a hurricane hits it? And can it withstand that hurricane or a freak storm or even rough seas? And would these blades accidentally chop up seabirds? Uh, there are a lot of questions to be answered. But the reason uh, it's important to ask those questions is because we are a people dependent upon wind. Uh, I know I say that sitting in the seat of an oil and gas uh, uh, area, but uh, wind is important. Wind is a staple in our lives. Wind is something we cannot see, but we feel its effect. Um, we appreciate the wind on a hot summer day, uh, especially when that breeze comes in and it feels right. Uh, we only not only do we appreciate wind uh, physically, we talk about wind metaphorically. Uh, we use the word wind in our daily conversations when we hear rumors about something. Right. We, we talk about something is blowing in the wind. When we get new information, we say we just got wind 
of it. Uh, when a task is easy, we say this finna be a breeze. Uh, when someone has had too many alcoholic drinks, uh, we say they are three sheets to the wind. Uh, the wind is a part of our everyday language, and it has been a part of our everyday language as far as we can remember. And that is why I assume that the author of the book of Acts chose to describe the Holy Spirit coming using language about wind. Uh, the text here uh, describes the day of Pentecost. Pentecost is a big old $5 word for 50. And the day of Pentecost is actually uh, 50 days after the Jewish Passover. Uh, and they have what's called the Feast of Weeks during that time. So this is an opportunity for a lot of people who believe in God of the Hebrew Bible to come together. And, and it's, it's counted 50 days or seven weeks from Passover. So it is a week of weeks. And it's an occasion, this Pentecost, for celebrating the harvest and particularly for giving thanks to God for graciously bringing forth fruit from the land. Uh, but this time, 50 days after Passover, in Acts 1 through 21, we witness an extraordinary event. Uh, the coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Some people have referred to this day as the birthday of the Christian church. You see, the disciples were gathered together in one place and experienced a outpouring of the Holy Spirit, both powerfully and visibly. And this outpouring of the Holy Spirit was anticipated by both John the Baptist in Luke 3.16 and Jesus in Luke 24. 49 in Acts 1, 4, and 8. Uh, and, 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 and the Holy Spirit comes to the disciples as they are in the upper room uh, supposed to be praying because they have gathered together in one place. Um, but one of the most remarkable things about this event is that the Holy Spirit pours out on these people and they begin to speak in different languages, uh, enabling each person that is around to hear the message of God in their native tongue. And, and this miraculous occasion uh, teaches us a profound language. We are called to meet people where they are. God breaks down cultural and language barriers through the Holy Spirit to make sure that his message is heard and reaches all the people's hearts. It reveals uh, the importance of embracing diversity and recognizing that different people have unique experiences, backgrounds, and language. So whether you have a bunch of letters behind your name or you have no letters behind your name, same God. Whether or not you got a bunch of money in your pocket or you don't know where your next dime is coming from, same God. And as followers of Christ, we are commissioned to extend this same love and understanding to those around us. We've got to seek to understand people's perspectives, their struggles and their joys. And by doing so, we can demonstrate the inclusivity and grace that Christ embodied through his earthly ministry. Uh, uh, the gospel transcends boundaries and invites people, everyone, to experience the transformative power of God's love. 
Um, um, you see, the interesting thing about this, this outpouring of the Holy Spirit and, and uh, they're, they're having tongues of fire and, and every all, all these people that are from different places being able to hear in their own tongue uh, is that some scholars debate this, right? Uh, this is the Feast of Pentecost. And so there are a lot of God-fearing people that are all gathering in this one place, and 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 the disciples are speaking in this language. There are scholars who believe that there wouldn't have been that many people that did not speak Hebrew or Greek at the Feast of Pentecost, but yet still they spoke in all these languages. The church folk at the day of Pentecost took time to be mindful of the minority. They took time through this act of the Holy Spirit, through the power of the Holy Spirit, to not just be concerned about the majority, not to just be concerned about those who were born and raised in this, but they took time to reach out to the outsiders. Uh, and, and people will use this sometime, depending on what their theology is, to have a conversation about speaking in tongues. I, I won't belabor that right now, but I will say, don't look at people who speak in tongues weird if you're not willing to speak to your neighbor. And so as the disciples begin to speak in various language and some onlookers, onlookers misunderstood the situation and accused them of being drunk. Uh, in their ignorance and skepticism, they sought to dismiss the profound work of the Holy Spirit. There will always be haters and naysayers in our lives. Those who misunderstand and ridicule our faith and it's not even about faith. Some people just wake up in the morning and thrive on being negative. They thrive on trying to tear something down. They thrive on trying to cause confusion because they don't have anything else better to do with their lives. They are so hurt. They are so broken that they feel like somebody else must feel their pain. And so to look at this move of the Holy Spirit and say, ah, they're drunk. But we live in a world that often fails to comprehend the ways of God. And just as the onlookers judge the disciples without understanding, people are going to misjudge us for our beliefs and actions. Um, but we have something that we can take courage in. In the face of opposition, we know that we are not alone. Uh, the spirit of God dwells in us and empowers us to respond with grace and love. Uh, remember the words in the Bible around the gospel, according to John chapter 15, verse 18, he says, if the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. Jesus himself experienced rejection and persecution and hatred. And as his followers, we're going to get some too. But we can respond to such opposition with steadfast faith, knowing that God is with us. And I'm excited about the response. Uh, 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 Peter, in response to the, uh, the accusations, rather, boldly addressed the crowd. Filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, he fearlessly proclaimed the truth and defended 
the actions. I said, Peter, Peter, who liked to cuss a little bit. Peter, who, want, who, who might throw hands before he tries to get an understanding. Peter, who turned his back on Jesus, is now filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking boldly to the haters. Peter, who cussed and ran at the mention of Jesus during his crucifixion, is now out in front defending the faith. I'm so glad that there are people like Peter in the Bible, because I know that if there are people like Peter in the Bible who are able to do something with their lives, that I know that, 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 that there's still room enough for me. I know that God is not finished with me yet. I know that God is not finished with any of us yet. And so this story of Pentecost indicates the coming of a Holy Spirit and represents a new order that is manifested as a leveling power that destroys privilege. And this spirit is poured out upon all flesh. Those who got straight A's and those who may have barely got out. Those who were always the favorite in Sunday school and those who barely got to Sunday school. It's pouring out the spirit upon all flesh, sons and daughters, young and old, male and female. He's pouring out the spirit upon all of us. And so Peter's transformation from a fearful disciple to a courageous preacher demonstrates the profound impact and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And that same Holy Spirit that transformed Peter's life is available to each and every one of us today. It, it equips us to speak the truth, uh, to proclaim the gospel boldly, to stand firm in our convictions, and we can draw strength from the spirit dwelling within us and when we encounter some sort of opposition or challenge because we've all been redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And as redeemed individuals, we have a powerful testimony of God's love and grace, which will encourage us to share his message without fear or hesitation. Ah, You see, Peter's defense is not rooted in his abilities or his knowledge, or his position. Uh, what Peter was able to do was through the power of the Holy Spirit working through him. And it was through the Spirit that he was able to speak eloquently and quote the prophet Joel uh, around chapter 2, verses 28 through 32, when he talks about pouring out his Spirit upon uh, all these people. Uh, it was the Spirit that enabled him to persuasively and accurately uh, display, the, uh, display the truth of Christ's redemption. And we see Peter quoting the prophet Joel, emphasizing this pouring out and that it's a sign of the last days. And, and Peter understood that the Spirit's work is not limited uh, to the present moment, but it's going to be for the future. He wasn't just thinking about himself right then and there. He was thinking about what was coming on. And so that spirit that swept through the house gifted more than those disciples at Pentecost and those whom we minister today. Uh, that spirit has been loosed into the world and his creative life-giving power is the gift of families, communities, churches, and nations. And so the relevant question becomes, 
not just how will I respond to these gifts of the spirit, but how will I respond? How will we respond to these gifts in the world? And, and, and I like what Peter had to say at the end. He said at the end of his message to the haters, he said, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Uh, 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 that powerful statement captures the salvation through Jesus Christ. And it, it reaffirms a fundamental truth that we as Christians believe uh, that there is no other name that is given to humanity by which we can be saved. Uh, there's a, a world of diverse beliefs out there, but the message comes from Jesus. Uh, that Jesus is the way for salvation. And, and we can't waver in that if we want to call ourselves believers. Uh, I got some Bible for that. Somewhere around John 14 and 6, it says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one shall come to the Father except through me. Uh, and now while this truth is exclusive, it's inclusive to offer Right. The invitation for us to call upon the name of the Lord is extended to everyone. Everyone can call upon the name of the Lord, regardless of our past mistakes, our social status, our cultural backgrounds. Christ saving grace is available to all who sincerely seek him. The Holy Spirit empowers us to boldly proclaim this message of hope and redemption, ensuring those that hear it can experience the power of God's love because everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. There is a name. I love to hear. I love to sing its worth. It sounds like music in my ear, the sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. Call on his name and you will be saved. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open, and we invite you to come. Pray with me, please. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for every good and perfect gift that comes from above. We thank you for your word that went forth for those who heard it and those who may hear it later, that if there is anyone that desires to call upon the name of the Lord, that desires to know Jesus Christ in the pardon of their sins, they'll ask, what must I do to become saved? Allow this word to be a seed that is planted in good soil and produces a great harvest, 30, 60, 100 fold. Let your Holy Spirit do his holy work in your holy people of your holy church for your holy kingdom. It is in the name above all names we pray, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media. Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simpson Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching and God bless.